0: ...is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, darlings. Hello, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Darlings, can you hear me there? It's me, Anna. Can you hear me? Oh, God, if you can hear me, make a sign. Make a sign if you can hear me. Anyone? No. Hello everyone. That's that was just me. I I was just um Anna man here. I was just attempting to contact ghosts. Sue had seen a film about it the other day. It was where they contact ghosts through the radio or something, you know, through the sort of white noise. They listen back and they can hear a, a child or something going, "Get me out of here" or something, you know. And Sue kept going on about it I know, this is what we should do We should try and do this with your podcast I said, darling, the podcast is a serious retrospective of my memory it's a look back on a life in theatre She said, well, no one's really into it You haven't got that many listeners I said, Sue, we've barely even started She said, you've been doing it like four years now I said, Sue, things take time to grow, all right It could be a hundred years before we get over three listeners I don't know Anyway, she said, you should do it. You should try and contact the ghosts through your uh, fucking podcast thing. So, you know, that was just a... And actually, it is a good idea. I don't know if people believe in ghosts out there. Um, When I was... I I did my Always Be Comedy show the other night, Anna Man's Manic Mondays, and we talked a lot about ghosts and actually summoned one, which was very terrifying. No, but I think ghosts are... Are ghosts real or are they just a... are they just a, a made-up thing or are they a, a flicker, a, 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 a little piercing of the veil? You know, I like to pierce actors, as actors we pierce the veil between this world and the next world. And sometimes the world after that, which is mainly just sort of a bit like Woolworths. But the world in the middle is where the ghosts live, ghost world, if you will, or heaven. And I know I have done some plays. I have played the part of Napoleon bonaparte's third mistress uh um, francoise and there was a moment when i was playing her where i had to stop and go hang on a minute francoise are you in the room i can feel you're coming into me you know as actors we have to invite them into ourselves francoise you want this story to be told don't you don't you you want this story to be told. Come into me. Enter my body, Francoise. Enter my body. And I could feel her moving, you know, moving around and and she started to do all these strange and interesting and very clever things that weren't actually in the script, you know. And it was brilliant it was really I really feel like she had entered my body and she was doing the play through me. But the sad thing was she wasn't that good at acting. So it it came out quite badly, quite wooden, if anything. And, and by the end, I had to sort of go, Francoise, can you leave? Sorry, but could you leave my body? Because I think it's great that you're here. It's great that I'm channeling you. But at the same time, I think you're not that good an actor. Certainly not as good as I am. So if you could go, I'll just, it'll be I'll take back over. All right, I promise I'll do a good job. Promise I'll do a good job, you know. And she left, and then we we finished the play. And actually, a lot of the actors were quite furious because that whole episode I just described there happened midway through the third act of the play. And the director was furious. He said, "You would he, they they accused me? Can you believe this, darling? This, I'm always getting accused of things. They accused me of of just doing that so that I could get because I only had two lines in the play. You know." so that I could just do more stuff and sort of get more of the attention. And I said, how dare you? I just had a spiritual encounter. Francoise herself entered my body. You might as well just spit on her grave, if she has a grave. Then the director pointed out to me that Francoise isn't actually an historical character. She was just made up for the play, at which point I just... I just punched him and ran from the play and, and then just I just never answered the phone when they called again, you know, because when sometimes when you rumbled like that, Sue Clinch will tell you I do when you really rumble, just fucking deck. Deck the biggest man. Get him in the nose, right? It's no good getting him in the chest, no good even getting him in the groin, get him on the nose, hard tap, bang. Break the nose, blood comes down, they go down, right? They're on the floor crying in agony. The rest of them just back off, and then you just look at them all and go, you fucking want some? Who else? Who else? And then you just leg it. So that's what I did, basically. And I didn't get any theatre work for a good good eight to ten years after that. And rightly so, really, because you can't have that in the theatre. Because, I mean, any actor will tell you, if there are people in your play pretending to be possessed by uh made up ghosts who then when questioned on that hit the director or at least the biggest man in the cast who ironically was playing napoleon bonaparte it wasn't a very accurate play at all he was nearly seven foot and i took him down oh fuck i took him down sue was very proud of me she really was but anyway if you've got all if someone's doing that you know that's arguably the last thing you want to happen during a production So that's ghosts. Yes, we're rambling a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But a good story, a good memory there for you. So yes, if if there are any ghosts, make yourselves known. Are you there? Hello? Hello? No. You know, it's funny. I remember watching Most Haunted. Do you remember that programme? Fuck, that was good fun, wasn't it? And I I was completely in it. I was very upset when it turned out that old Derek Cora, bless you, bless you, kid if you're listening, that he was making a lot of it up, you know, like me, because I was completely fooled by it. I really was. But I do remember actually one time seeing it go a bit wrong. You might, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a show that was on some years ago where people went round a house in the dark and filmed, tried to film ghosts, you know. But often I think it was just dust. Anyway, Derek Cora was like there, bless him, he's not with us. Mwah! Love you, kid. Derek Acora loved your work, actually, if you're listening. Are you there? Are you there? No, still not working. Anyway, Derek was. Maybe I'm not giving it enough time. Derek, are you there? Something definitely moved then in the room. I think it might have been me. Yes, it was me. It was my foot. My foot was going. I was nervous. My foot was going. I'm still in my manic phase, by the way. So if this all sounds completely insane, you know, just go with it. Um, Also, we do have squirrels. That's not a... a, There's nothing jokey or surreal about that. We have squirrels. So if you hear rumblings and scrapings, it could be a ghost or it could be squirrels. I shouldn't have said that. It's a ghost. It's definitely a ghost. So Derek was on Most Haunted. And he was a Liverpudlian, if you will, uh, um, ghost speaker, a connector, a medium, you know. And he would get possessed sometimes by the ghosts. Basically, when they were filming for about, you know, a couple of hours and they went, we've got fuck all here. We're going to have to have, you know, we need to get a medium so that they can talk to the ghost because, you know, ghosts aren't appearing on camera again. Anyway, Derek would get possessed, you'll see, but... Being an actress myself, I have to be honest, you could see where he was where he was putting it on. I hate to say that, Derek, I love ya. I believe in your gift, I really do, but I know there were times certainly where it was utter bull hang. Anyway, I remember he was there and they were they were trying to capture a ghost, whatever, with their camera, and suddenly Derek went strange. He went all like this. That's how you knew he was possessed like this feels wrong talking ill of the dead like this, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Uh, like this. And Yvette Fielding goes, Derek? Derek? What's going on? And he goes, <laughs> like this. And she goes, who am I talking to? You know, because that was the, the the sort of hint to say, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Who am I talking to, please? Who am I talking to? Now, Derek, now, watching it as an actress and a, uh, and sometimes a director and practitioner, I could see where he went wrong immediately. His first mistake, he goes in way too high. Way too high, okay? So he replies. She says, who am I talking to? And he goes, my name's John, like this. Oh, fuck, that was too high. That was way too high, you see. And you can see the look on his face. Oh, shit, shit. He's thinking, I've got to do this again. I've got to keep that up now. What what, what was that, John? And he goes... Yes, the name's John. Like this. Oh, fuck! You can see his face. is really like, what have I done that for? What have I done that for? And she says, uh, John, John, what year is it, John? And he goes, It What do you want, John? What? What is it you're here for? He goes, I've got to get the master's beans. Like this, you'll see. Like this. Um, I've got to get the master's beans. Like this. And. And then he's look on his face, like, why did I say that? That's terrible, awful improvisation. Really, very poor, very poor. She starts trying to ask him questions. He's like, no, this isn't, this isn't working. I'm not doing this. So he just sort of goes, i got to go now. But then at that point, the camera beeps uh, because the battery needs changing, and he gives this look as in, oh, and he says, "What be that sound from yon mechanical device?" Like this, you see, John, and. The cameraman says well it's it's just the camera it's beeping to tell us that the batteries run out and john from 1882 without a second's pause or thinking about it just goes oh okay hello i'm justin and i'm lucy and together we are the hosts of plenty questions it's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz we ask you 20 questions one after the other five second gap in between and you shout the answers out And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far. But that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers. So join us for Plenty Plenty questions. Questions. So yes, hello everyone, hello, hello, hello ghosts. Still nothing, still nothing. Hello my darlings, welcome to the show. It's me and a man again, again, again. So we're still stuck in our houses in this lockdown, aren't we? We're not really, you know, everyone's just fucking going hell for leather out there, aren't they, let's be honest. But we are missing some things, we're missing the parties, and today I've been recalling what it it was like, you know, when we could all meet up at each other's houses. God, those days where you could get drunk, where you could get in a fight or pregnant. Oh, what times they were. "'I'm not going to get pregnant here. I mean, for a start, I'm sixty. "'Also, I'm living with my mother, Suclin and my daughter. "'How's that going to happen? "'I don't want it to happen, by the way, I want to point out. Oh, "'I do get myself in a muddle. "'Oh, what times they were, though, back then. "'Often you get drunk in a fight and pregnant in the same day. "'Bish-bash-bosh! "'Or evening. A lot of my parties happened in the day, "'through to the evening, then through to the next day, "'and then sometimes to December.' Those days will come back, you'll see. Hold hard, my darlings, those days will come back. Of course, there is a party running every Monday, which you can jump in on, which is at 8 o'clock on alwaysbecomedy.com. Five pounds a ticket to the greatest online comedy show in the universe, if I say so myself. Honest, I've watched some of the others, and this is definitely at least in the top 100 right that's not even an exaggeration it's a lovely it's a lovely show and all the people who come on it are all really jolly and friendly you can you can join on the front row you'll see and and then i chat to you and you feel special or you can stay in the in the chat room and then you hide your your terrible faces either way it's a lot of fun and we're building up to the christmas carol we're doing the christmas carol we've already auditioned for ghosts now we're going to audition for Scrooge himself. Very exciting. But it's not the same as one of the old parties. You can't get pregnant. No, no, no. And we've tried, we've tried God, we've tried, but it's not possible, not through a laptop. So I thought this week we'd reminisce about some of those wonderful times back in the day. Perhaps you could send me some of your bestest times and we could talk about those as well. Do it on Twitter. Anna Man Actress on Twitter. Do it there. While I'm here, Don't forget also, you can email colinholtcomedy at gmail.com to book a Christmas Zoom party for yourself or your workplace. Or you can have a message for Christmas or for birthdays. Anyway, enough of that pluggering. So yes, here I am, Anna Mann, actress, singer, model. I once posed for the late, great uh, Ray Harryhausen when he was designing his famous model Monsters. "'He saw me in my one-woman version of Animal Farm, "'where I used my naked body to represent the farm and the various animals. "'So it was mainly just me arguing with myself "'and attempting to walk on two and four legs at the same time. "'Incredibly brave piece, truly daring and utterly moving. "'The bit where my left foot became a pig, "'shipping my right elbow, the horse, off to a glue factory, "'had much of the audience in tears.' possibly because I was on an onion only diet at the time my voice projections were rancid anyway Ray Harryhausen the famous model maker you've seen his work you know Jason and the Argonauts and so on he saw this play and that very evening went home and designed the Kraken from Clash of the Titans and what an honour it really was to be honest and funnily enough, release the Kraken was what I would often shout before my late husband John Smells and I would make love. The Kraken being his penis. You understand that. You probably got that, didn't you? But when I say release it, it did of course have to literally be released due to John's unfortunate obsessive masturbation. We were forced to keep his junk in a sort of tiny cage awful to see it really was it was like you know those charity newsletters that pop through the post where they've got bears they've got dancing bears but they're they're not dancing they're in a cage you know for foreign countries stuff like that old people give it give them money you know all people who don't like humans that sort of thing but i no, i'm all for the bears don't you get angry i'm all for the bears you know and when i saw one you know the sad little creature beautiful little creature i think it was a koala which didn't make sense but a beautiful creature in this tiny cage, and I thought, oh, God, it really made me think of John's cock and balls, which we had to keep the balls in there too, you know, because they, um, they're they unfortunately very, very long. He he suffered from that thing which a lot of men get as they get older, where your, um, I'm sorry, this is getting very rude, but where your penis gets more and more, you know, thumb-like, if not sort of mushroomy. And the, the the testicles, the balls, become you know just drag and drag and droop and drag until it becomes sort of like you know a, a turkey's neck or something, a giant turkey's neck, um, with this this little mushroom at the top, which is I mean don't get me wrong it's it's you know it just happens, deal with it, but it was very sad to see it in that cage, but it had to be in there otherwise he'd just be off, you know he was a very obsessive and a very passionate man and he couldn't help it he was a genius he was a creative he was a creative and if he wasn't getting these ideas down onto paper or into a a, a play he was getting them out of of his you know his junk very sad really you know uh, uh, william blake wrote a bird in a cage puts all heaven in a rage and he could have very easily been talking about John his Todra. It would flail and rage against its tiny prison, desperate to be handled again. Poor John, he had a very difficult upbringing with nuns. His mother was a nun, and his aunt, and his grandmother. I'm not sure how that worked. But for a very long time, they wanted to make him a nun. Luckily, he escaped to the theatre. Love you, John. Bless you, kid. Mwah. All this trauma you see, all this pain, it really affects people. People don't realise how it can damage, it can damage the greatest minds. And of course, when he did die, his wish was to have his little chap stuffed and hung from the roof of the Tittery Wopit Theatre in Chiswick, where it did hung for some time, in fact, um, until a pigeon took it for its nest. He it was drawing the Christmas panto, which was, which was not appropriate, let's be honest um but magnificent oh god what i wouldn't give to release the kraken now john but such days are behind us as was the kraken often do you know i think i might be getting a bit horny sorry everyone it's this bloody lockdown isn't it is anyone else get it does any did anyone else get horny listen to that listening to that please do send me send me a, um, a a tweet if you got horny listening to that bit about john smells his penis cuz i know i did gosh this bloody lockdown isn't it i mean don't get me wrong it's a lot easier than the first one at least lemons at school and hogs back at work and mothers locked in the oubliette In fact, my work is pretty much the same as it was before, mainly sleeping and the odd bit of capoeira. So, yes, all will be well, all will be well. The old parties, let's get back to those. Who could forget the old parties? Who could forget drunk old Freddy Basden's third wedding? Oh, 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 oh. now that was a legendary party, it really was. Hell's teeth, that was a bash. His new bride was a lot younger than him, of course, and very beautiful, but extremely particular about the decor for the party. Everyone had to come as their favourite nut, which was very bizarre. I came as a sweet little almond, Sue, of course, stomped in as a Brazil. And, unfortunately, Freddie Baston was, of course, allergic to nuts, but not to eat them, just to look at people dressed at them. And so he spent the entire wedding just frothing at the mouth and punching walls. Although he could have just been very drunk. But it was a lot of fun. I remember Sue and I got play. Oh, gosh, it was fun. We got playing um, snooker or pool. It's it snooker or pool. Pool. We got playing pool with a couple of young lads. God, they were very <laughs> impressive. They were only about 19. You know, we must have been into our... Into our early late forties by then, and oh God, we were flirting. You know, Sue was leaning across the um, the pool table with her her magnificent breasts, sort of, uh, you know, half out, um, and the the, the boys were go, Ooh, you know, absolutely agog. <laughs> what fun we had, um, and yes, we 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 had a real a real night with those chaps, and um. Sadly, one of them didn't didn't make it through, because, as you know, Sue. I mean, Sue is kind of like. There was a scientific paper written about her back in the day, actually, because she is actually she she has a lot of the genetics of a praying mantis or a black widow spider, and you know, she does carry she is she does carry a card, to explain, you know, which she shows to any 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 man who she ends up unfortunately who ends up making love to her she does show a card which says you have to you have to agree that you know there's a very strong chance you're not going to make it out of the other end so to speak um and when i say make it out of the other end i don't mean she eats them and then you know i don't mean that she's not she's not that far gone it's more just It's just she likes to experiment, you know. Yes, unfortunately, one of the young men. Well, he, I think he did make it through when I say he he didn't make it through. I mean, he did. He's still alive. He's he's um, he's had to move back with his parents and um, he 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 can't look at uh, anything that's got fur, which is unfortunate because I, I seem to remember his parents were dog breeders so his life was just hell it really was and they had shitloads of dogs and oh but happy days happy days gone i remember drunk on freddie Baston. by that point he ballooned because of all the nuts he ballooned into he looked sort of like you know the stay puff marshmallow man or or the michelin man or something like that and but he didn't care because he was hammered you know He's, he was more more booze than man by that point and I remember him, they'd built this sort of ice fountain for the party. This big ice fountain. He was there just turning it yellow, if you know what I mean, by, by pissing all over it. Which was obscene and, and actually not really. People started to drift away after that because it wasn't pleasant. But what a party. Happy days, happy days, happy days. What other parties did we do? Sue? So, Sue, what other parties did we do? Oh God, the rumble in the jungle Oh yes Oh God, I forgot about that. That was actually in um it wasn't in an actual jungle. It was in Sue Clincher's garden, which was a little bit um overgrown. She'd let it overgrow somewhat, so it did it did look like a jungle, albeit a backyard and kettering, but it did look like a jungle. It was very full of twigs and 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 sticks and and bushes and so on and she invited everyone around for this special party she called the rumble in the jungle and we were what's this going to be what's this going to be you know we all wore animal masks which was fun really was and then what it turned out was she had she had released a series of big cats into her garden which as I say wasn't very big And then, you know, amongst the canapes and the cocktails, we had to sort of run this gauntlet through the garden. It was kind of like, can you get through the garden back inside without, well, losing your, your head, you know which was a lot of fun again she got a license for it so always gets I'm making her sound like a monster but she always gets a license because she was friends with she became friends with this sort of zookeeper you know those mad eccentric ones who have all the animals sort of like in that Tiger King thing which I haven't watched but you know I'm I'm guessing what it's like and where they have all the animals that they hug and kiss and it's really weird and it's like oh god stop doing that because any second now it's going to have your head It was sort of like that, one of those chaps. His name was, he was a sir, Sir Roger. Sir Roger Whiskers. It can't be that, can it? Can it be Sir Roger Whiskers? Yes, I think it was, Sir Roger Whiskers. So he was there with, he'd he'd brought the animals along. Um, He ended up, of course, uh, he'd lost four zookeepers by that point. But he was of the opinion, you know, that animals were people, were essentially people wearing different clothes. He thought we were all descended from a lion god. And actually, the, the fur was just it was just like a sort of big onesie. Which, at the time, I mean, this was, you know, the 70s. We were very young. We were all on drugs. And it made perfect sense. But looking back, what a fucking nutcase, really. A terrible, terrible man. And these animals, you know, they, these poor things, which he, he well, he said he'd rescue, but he said he rescued them from the jungle, you know. So when he said he'd rescue them, we he thought he'd rescued them from, I don't know, you know, some, some drug dealers or, or or from some awful uh, captivity situation, where in actual fact he'd, I'm, I'm doing the bunny thing, you know, the um, inverted commas, uh, but it, it's like a bunny, but anyway, rescued, yes, when he rescued them... he'd actually just brought them from the jungle... because he thought the natural state... for a lion or a tiger... was working in an office. So he would bring these tigers and lions over... he would befriend them... and I'm not he wouldn't spend years befriending them... he'd, he'd give it about 20 minutes... and then he'd go, yep, he's on my side... and he'd put them in a suit... And he'd put them behind, you know, at a desk with a typewriter, and then he'd just he'd say, "Come on, get working." And of course, the tigers or lions would just go nuts and rip this place to pieces. But he he tried a good three or four times, as I say, before he sort of realised, "Oh, maybe I'm wrong," you know. And and l- luckily, to be honest, luckily for the world, he died. He died, um, but he didn't die. Oddly enough, he wasn't killed. Oddly enough, he was killed by an otter which was a real surprise. Um, I'm not sure how the otter got him. I think it must have hit a vein, you know, just caught a vein. Because otters are not that deadly. So, you know, it's a funny thing, life, isn't it? You can survive, you know, five or six lions, tigers, and so on. And then an otter does you, you know, which John Smells used to say, that was his phrase, of course. You can survive a lion, then an otter will get you. Which I did say at um, Sir Roger Whisker's funeral, but no one seemed to. No one seemed to really appreciate it. But Sue Clinch, of course, was married back then. She was married. She married a lovely man called Paris. Oh, God, he was lovely. He was lovely. Paris. Can't Paris Du France? It can't be Paris Du France, can it? Or something like that. But he was lovely. He was a director. Alternative sort of film, you know, indie films. And he loved Sue. He loved Sue. He cast her in his... His indie film, oh God, what was it was called it was called um oh fuck, what was that so, what was the thing you were in? oh yes, that was it was nurse exclamation, it was all about a nurse, it was just filming this woman being a nurse um for uh, for twenty four hours in a nurses it was the film lasted twenty four hours, you know, and it was twenty four hours in the life of a nurse, but it was just called nurse exclamation mark. But you know the the problem with the film was just eight hours was of it was sleeping, which you know it fascinating but too much really for general. It never got into cinemas obviously they couldn't really give that a general release. But he was a lovely man, a love. I'm really sensitive actually. She was so, he Sue so really like changed during that time a bit, but. Not changed enough because obviously she got in with Sir Roger Whiskers and and she did the Rumble in the Jungle. Which, with hindsight, I think I probably suggested she do because I thought it would get me in the papers. And, yes, it was an absolute carnage, this thing. And in the end, Sue had to step in and deal with the big cats herself because they were running rampant around this garden And a lot of the guests by that point, it was like, I don't know if you've seen the end of, um, sorry for spoilers, but if you've seen the end of um, Westworld series one, it was similar to that, you know, but in a very small garden in Kettering with big cats instead of uh, robot cowboys. And ultimately, Sue had to step in and deal with these big cats. You know, she just rolled up her sleeves and said, um, right, this party's out of fucking control. I'm getting in there. So she'd get in there and unfortunately Paris couldn't really stay with her after that he was very sensitive he was too sensitive really and he um you know he said he said when he saw Sue kill that jaguar with her bare hands by she's doing the old trick you know we all know it grab the legs tip them up jab the um shoulder bones into the heart when she saw that happen, when he saw, when he saw that happen, he just couldn't really bear to be around her anymore. He just He loved her. It was horrible, so sad. But he just couldn't look at her in the same way because all he could see was her physically slaughtering three big cats, one after the other, a jaguar, a tiger and a lion. So sad. Oh it's tough, isn't it? Anyway, but those days will come back you'll see you'll see. Thank you, my darlings. That was lovely to go that little trip down memory lane. The mental health is going all right. Still in a bit of a manic phase, as I say, but I think I'm in this one where you you flip between manic depressed, manic depressed, toopy doop doo Oh I'm depressed, oh I'm manic, you know, it's like that and it but what's good is there's a there's definitely a, um, a, a a central line which I managed to hold on to, which is keeping me as normal as possible, you know, and that's great. That's great. So, just sharing, probably oversharing with you there. Please feel free to overshare with me. Anna, man, actress. Don't forget to book your things, Colin Holt comedy at gmail.com especially if you work i know that workplaces are looking for um christmas parties so if you've if you work somewhere then good on you for a start but also do get in touch all right my angels i love you be visceral be real be brave bye My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories, so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly, Novelty Key ring. Yeah, and fridge that. Magnets. Yeah, I love yeah. that. The G-Spot. The Good Vibrations <laughs> Guide. Green Dot Laser Sight Rifle Gun Scope. i bought that quite a lot of times. I think. Right, okay. The Sex Doctor's Guide to Keeping It Hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> Loads of great apps up now and new ones dropping every Monday. That's my mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,